canceled. Lizzie's canceled. <laughs> oh, we've gone zero days since Lizzie's been canceled. I'm always canceled. This is the podcast, Grace. You chirp me, you get some questions, you chirp me a little bit more, Kira gets out unscathed, and I'll scathe you tomorrow. <laughs> Not before seven. Not before seven. Hello, and welcome back to the Gay Ergos podcast. My name is Lizzie Houston. Uh, today, I am a hunty shrimp, and substitute that however you'd like to. Kira, take it away. I don't know how to follow that one up. Um... <laughs> Hi, my name's Kira O'Sullivan, and we're going to steal the Declaration of Independence. Tonight with us, we are graced with the presence of somebody who's very important in Lizzie's life. So Lizzie, do you want to introduce our guest? Tonight, we have a very fabulous mentor in my life, Grace Hollowell, who I have been coaching with for the last year and a half. I'm in my yeah second year at Boston College Rowing, and um I know. I think Grace's favorite thing about herself is that she married a smithy. That that is true. That's one of my greatest (laughs) achievements, inside or outside of athletics uh, or otherwise. There we go. As everybody knows, we are a gay rowing podcast. So um, we have a nice little millennial gay with us here tonight. Grace, tell us about yourself. I don't know if I would describe myself as a millennial gay, but if that's my only option, then I sure I'll take it. Um, about myself. I don't know who else I would be. That was my Smithy wife over there uh, question, questioning me. Uh, she might, if you need a scientist, she's a good one. But let's see. Uh, I am currently the head coach uh, for the women at Boston College. This is my fourth year as a head coach there. Previously, I was at Dartmouth College. I was uh, with the BU Lightweights. Uh, I coached and got my master's at Smith. Uh, That might be familiar to you. Uh, I've worked with high schools. I've worked uh, with senior athletes. I've worked with U23 team. Uh, Really kind of touched a lot of different spaces in rowing. And I think um, they're all a little gay. They are all a little gay. I did forget to mention, which maybe I shouldn't, we can always edit this out, but I met Grace when I was 22 years old, fresh out of college. Uh, and uh, I Canadian met Henley. at Canadian Henley and I had just recently been introduced to my um, second girlfriend at the time, I guess. I don't know how to describe that, but um, Lizzie yeah, was a bad, I was, bad I was influence. A bad influ- yes, Grace was a terrible influence. Um, no, she, you. <laughs> me? No, you were a terrible influence. You allowed somebody to wear your belt I regret the party. So, regret rah, rah, rah. <laughs> um, so yes, all the spaces are a little bit gay, and we're very excited to have you here tonight. Grace, thanks for um, letting me bother you for another few hours of the day. Thanks for having me. I'm you, I don't know. <laughs> I had no choice. Yeah, no, you don't. <laughs> this does feel like a very fun, unique experience for you too, because Lizzie, at what point do you have just like such unrestricted access to ask Grace any and all questions? I'm sure you do every day anyway, but like you, like for an audience, like you get to kind of ask, like run the show a little bit here. I think we're giving Lizzie too much power. <laughs> any power is too much for Lizzie. That's not true. I don't know how to make a lineup. <laughs> That's true. Your lineups are bad. <laughs> I'm like, Lizzie, you can't put that person in six seed. Like, right. I'm like eight. She's like, mm-hmm. okay. 
That's amazing. Listen, You're getting better. You're getting better. Thank you. I'm learning. I'm adaptable. That's uh, good. We love that. Yes, we're adaptable. <laughs> um, we're very excited to hear about all of your experiences. I, um, I've had the joy and pleasure of sitting in a um, truck with you for 18 hours. So we, we've touched on some very rowing centric, very gay centric topics. So we're probably going to bubble some of that back up here, but um, would love to hear about your queer experience as a rower, as a coach going from, I know Kira was really interested in hearing about going from a historically women's program to a Jesuit program. So we're going to dive into all the spectrums of rowing and gay. And everything's a spectrum. Everything is a spectrum. Mm -hmm. Let us rest. <laughs> um, okay, where do you want me to start? Oh, from the beginning, when did you realize, if you don't mind sharing, like when did you realize that you weren't straight for one and what's like your first experience with the team being out or all those things? I mean, I should have known I was gay much, much sooner, but I think the big difference, and it's been interesting too, to see kind of, even when I was coaching immediately out of college in 2011 or coaching now, it's so much more common and it's so much more accepted pretty much universally but like in high school I was definitely gay but didn't know it I was probably gay in middle school I look back and I'm like mm, why were you like such good friends with that one girl and you were like mad when she wasn't your friend anymore like that's totally chill um not not at all so that was probably when I was gay but again there were no role models there were I went to a high school of 4,000 people no one was out when I graduated in 2006 um the only gay person I knew was a woman who worked for my dad and she was the drywall lady and we all kind of made fun of her. So not really who you want. And then my freshman year in college, I tried to be straight and I tried. It was just really boring. And I was like, I don't know why people have boyfriends. I was like, I'm really busy. I don't have time for this. I was like, I'm kissing you and nothing's happening. Uh, so that happened. And then my parents got divorced my freshman year so that you're like, I didn't want to go home that summer. So I ended up plot twist rowing was involved, uh, heading to Providence, Rhode Island, where my best friend and my pair partner wink from high school was, uh, she rode at Brown. And so she was there during the summer. I went down there. I actually was coaching with Narragansett. Um, did I know what I was doing rowing wise? No. Did I know what I was doing with my life? No. Uh, did I end up kissing my best friend and pair partner? Yes. So that's kind of my coming out story. And I was super lucky in that my family was wildly supportive. Uh, I remember my brother's girlfriend was like, oh yeah, we knew you were gay. I was like, what? And they were like, oh yeah, we knew Molly was into you. I was like, what? I was like, why didn't anybody help me? Why didn't you tell me? But I guess you can't tell someone be like, hey, you're gay. That's not going to go over well. Um, and also I had a good friend and actually one of my good friends in high school, I think my senior, junior year, she came out and I like didn't know what to do, which in retrospect, I feel like an asshole probably because I was, uh, but I was probably just like, oh my gosh, this is me too. And there were no, there were no other options and we were supportive of her, but I don't think her family was. Um, and I think she maybe had a tie to Smith too. I think she maybe coached, she's a field hockey player. Um, and I think she may be volunteered at Smith. So it all leads back to Smith is really what the moral of the story is. My, my grandmother went to Smith. It's if you're all gay, you're at Smith. Yeah. Um, 
but that's kind of what happened, uh, how I came out. And then in college, again, somehow I'm like, why, how am I the only gay person out? And I didn't, I don't know if I really came out, out, but I was like, I was very clearly dating this person. I told people that, but it's under kind of the guise of, oh, well, I'm just dating this person. And in retrospect, it's like, mm-hmm, cool. That's a lie. But you know, you do what you got to do. Uh, but it was really interesting because I was a sophomore and between both the heavyweight and the lightweight women at Harvard Radcliffe, I was the only out one, which was really puzzling. And so then I somehow had to be like the token gay one. Um, there were times when people were like, am I gay? I'm like, how do I tell you if you're gay? <laughs> Once I had a friend, straight friend who was like, I made out with a girl. Do you think that I'm gay? I was like, did you like it? She was like, it was fine. I was like, so probably not gay, but I guess I'm the person who will bless you gay or not gay. You're the gatekeeper. Um, I guess. Uh, but but and it was really interesting because like all throughout college, I think when I was a senior, maybe one or two of the freshmen were out or were going to come out. But like it wasn't very common. Um, and then when I started coaching the year after I graduated, I just remember very like distinctly I was in the launch and I was coaching the novice girls. So it was like eighth and ninth grade uh, out in Harvard, Mass. And I overheard a conversation and it was like, oh, oh my God, like S- Sally and Susie were like making out on my locker. And I was like, oh no, what's they're going to say something homophobic. And they were like, and I just couldn't get to my locker. And I was like, oh, okay. Like what? I was like, if this happened in high school or even in college, like you were going to get burned at the stake. But it was really interesting to see how like I was maybe only... I wasn't that much older than them, but it had so quickly become like, they were no longer annoyed that they were gay. They were just annoyed that people were making out on their locker. They didn't care who it was. They just wanted to get to their locker. Um, So I think that's, that was something that was super interesting just to see like how progressive that had become. Uh, And then when I went to Smith, I was like, Ooh, I might not be gay enough for this. Um, But I think like, and I mean, my I'm far gayer than my Smithy wife. So, but I think it, that was like a very different shock too to go to a place where it's like this is Northampton, and if you're straight, you're probably in the minority. And to have it just be like kind of so out in the open, and also no one cared really, or like that was just what it, that was like expected in a way, which was both fun and hilarious and a little strange. Um, I think Diva's closed, so sorry, you can't go there anymore. Um, what about the basement? That was also fun. Yeah. I shouldn't go there either. No, they're both gone, but we do have Majestics now, which gets the Where job. I go? It just gets the job done, but if you want to go dancing, you go to the satellite bar. It depends what you need that night. You know what okay. I'm Sad. Um, what about the World War II? No. You've never been to the Deuce? That was the spot. Mm-mm. It was the Veterans Club slash dance floor. Oh, wow. It was popping. I think it's still there. You should go. I'll go find it. Yeah. Um, anyway, so that was Smith. And then I worked at BU for a year with the lightweights. Um, and I was super lucky to work for Malcolm, who's also a, a great mentor um, of mine and great, kind, funny, smart guy. Um, but there I had a work cell phone and I had a personal cell phone. So I had two cell phones, like Dave. Uh, but I just very particular, I remember 
my wife coming and watching practice with us. And they all thought that she was Malcolm's girlfriend, even though she was mine. Uh, and then like, she must, like, they were like, Ooh, that's Malcolm girl, Malcolm's girlfriend. And I didn't correct them. And I wasn't fully out. Cause I was like, I don't know. This is a very different environment than Smith. Like a lot of all the athletes I were, was coaching were gay, at least to my knowledge. Um, but I think even within like 2013 to 2016, that team changed a lot. Um, but I remember one of them were like, why do you have two phones? And I was like, one's for my boo and one's for my other boo. But I was like, okay, I'm not going to specify. But again, just the assumption was that I was straight. And I must have probably come out maybe in the spring once I felt a little more comfortable. I think I told one person and then it probably waterfall from there. But then I kind of realized I was like, well fuck it. Like, I'm just, I don't have time. Like, if you want to hate me or be homophobic, go for it. Like, I just don't have time. Um, so then when I went to Dartmouth, I was like very clearly out and I was, it was really nice because no one cared. Um, and everyone, maybe they cared, but they didn't care to my face and it didn't like make it uncomfortable. And I think honestly, the opposite was true. And that, and I've even found this to this day, like, for the athletes and the kids to know me as a person, I think is important. Um, and to see like, yes, I have a partner, I have a baby, I have, you know, this is who I am. Uh, and also if like, if you don't want to come here cause I'm gay, then you definitely should not. Um, and, or if you think like, if this makes you uncomfortable cause I'm gay, like this is not the spot for you. Um, so that was kind of my ethos in going uh, through Dartmouth and then, even coming to BC, I was like a little hesitant, but then I was also like, again, don't care. Uh, and my wife had to tell me that the Jesuits were the Catholics because I didn't know. Um, but like, I think I've been pleasantly surprised by the students and the athletes at BC. Like they have been like warm and welcoming. And I think that also just speaks kind of, if you can weave the thread through to the whole story that I've told so far is that it's not as big of a deal as it was. And almost everyone knows someone who is gay. And granted, we are in the Northeast. We're in like a highly educated kind of environment. But I think like some of it is like, yeah, there are gay people are, are on TV. There were no gay people on TV except maybe Will and Grace. And that was like to laugh at the gay guy. So I think there has been a huge amount of progress in you know the last 10, 15 years, which has been really exciting. And I think also to see like, young people be okay with that. And I don't know if I had any part in like showing that it's okay to be gay or it's okay to come out to the kids that I've coached. I hope that I have, but I probably can't take any credit for it. Um, but I can also say that our team is certainly gayer than it was when I got here. Uh, so we all know that that means faster, uh, but you know, just kidding on that part. You can be straight and fast. I don't want to discriminate. But I think like it also you have a team where people feel welcome and they feel like they can be who they are and they feel like, you know, I'm going to be accepted for whoever I am. And even in recruiting, like I'm very open with who I am. Uh, the kids know my wife, they know my kid. And I think that's important. And, you know, we've got some like we have gay and queer student athletes who are on the team who are incoming kids like all of that. And I think it's made it, I think it's 
been a positive for the culture too. And like, I think it's been cool to see the team and they don't care. Like they don't care. Um, and I do think there are certainly people on campus who care or, and I'm sure the same was true at Dartmouth and at BU and even at Smith. But I think to see like the overwhelming majority not see me as the gay coach, but you're just my coach. Um, I think that's been fun for me to transit to kind of transition through. And again, like I've been super lucky. I can only think of maybe, well, once was really funny because we were at Cirque du Soleil, which I'm like, this is the gayest place ever. <laughs> and I was there with Catherine and we were like holding hands and like uh, probably both wearing dresses and we were in Worcester and someone's like, Ooh, you can't do that. And I was like, what do you mean? And then we left and they followed us. And I was like, yo, this is like 2012, 2013. And then once I got yelled at while holding hands in Cambridge by some guy in a taxi. Um, but other than that, it's been fairly smooth sailing. I don't think I can think of any homophobic, incidences in rowing which is pretty nice that feels like a win yeah <laughs> definitely a dub at least for me and uh in 2019 I was I had just cut my hair and I went for a run in Fidei when I was working down there and I got called gay fucker on the street that was awesome that's my biggest hate crime so what about missing what about the jet ski guy Oh, right. Fucking lesbian. That was good, too. But then I told him he had a tiny penis. So Oops. I like both those things were true. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and then Grace isn't allowed to bully me until 7 a.m. is the new rule. Too long. Because like you're there on time. So it gives me a lot of time. I'm actually, they're early. I know. It's awesome. We're really encouraging the bullying of Lizzie in this space. This is not a safe space for Lizzie. This is not a safe space for Lizzie, for sure. <laughs> no, this is a safe space because how else would we bully her? Oh, right. valid. Good point. Right. You're That's right. fair. You're all lucky I have a good sense of humor. Normalize being a little dumb. <laughs> you start this. You, this is your doing. You just like yeah, tee it up so nicely, Lizzie. Come on. No, it's very easy. And I accept it. Mm. Well, Grace... Thank you so much for sharing your story. I, uh, for one, I think while you were talking, I kind of realized I think you're the first person on our podcast that has a child. Um, so that's like, Ooh, I'm, an sure. adult. I'm gay and an adult. Wait, it's insanity. Um, but I actually like, I don't think I was, I think I was 25 when I met my first like gay woman with a child. And I was like, oh, I didn't realize there were so many things I had to ask you about, but like, I, you're like one of the few I know, I need to ask you everything. Well, th this was uh, a kid on our team was talking to me the other day and she was asking about my son. And then also, also was like, oh, my aunts are adopting a baby. And I was like, what? There are other gay people out there? You have other gay people in your life? We're not the only ones. So I was weird. like, this is weird. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it's interesting to be like, okay, uh, we have a child, like we have, we're married. I don't know. We're old, old and gay, I guess. Okay. I want to clarify as old as gay, quantify it as old and gay, but you're like grown and gay, which is. That's like... arguably worse. <laughs> you don't even have gray hair. I don't think. I don't. That is the one thing that's keeping me going. Yeah. So unfair i do okay, I'll, I'll take my wins <laughs> yeah take your wins no, but at 11 o'clock he will wake up and scream for 30 minutes like he's done the last two nights so do you we could trade <laughs> yeah how is um how old is your son now he's only a couple months? uh he's eight, eight oh months. my gosh wow so you're still 
very so in the beginning phases of all of this. But he's much more fun now, which is great. He's like, I'll smile and play with you and yeah, laugh and be a normal person instead of like the first six weeks he just screamed, which was tough. He's like a little screaming worm. Yeah, screaming or sleeping or, or, or eating. Those were the three options. That's so fun for the team to kind of get to grow up along with him. Um, my college coach had her first kid when I was a freshman in college. And we like got to see him take his first steps in the weight room. And he would like come around all the time. And it was so fun. And like, I just know like little baby gay me would have been grossly ecstatic if like, I had one, a queer co- head coach, and two, a queer parent head coach. So like, they are like, I bring him and they're like, we want to steal him. And I'm like, you can't take him. Like, I brought him to Lyft once and they were all just like, and they're like, I want a baby. I'm like, you don't want a baby. I'm like, you no, you don't want a baby. You can have a baby when you're like 28 to 32. No younger. That's still and it's weird. Like, I, now it's like, yeah but there are athletes that have coached that have kids and I'm like oh man like but yeah we used to call it campfire baby when everyone would just stand around and stare and the kids just like ah and everyone's like wow the peanut butter baby I brought Uh. I brought I brought him to lift and he was like so good for all of lift and I was like he's gonna scream all the way home and he yeah he did he is very cute yeah yeah he's cute and it's fun I think they seem to like him, but I think they would like any creature. So uh, they don't like Gunny. <laughs> no, um, but I, I just have like I feel like there's so many questions out of your story. Like for one, I love the way you talk about Northampton because I thought that like being that straight was a big part of my personality, and then I met people who that was like actually true for, and I was like, whoa. <laughs> I one thing, and this is. I, yes, I will. I agree where it's like, what's your personality? And they're like being gay. I'm like, anything else? They're like, no. And I'm like, okay. So that was it. I don't, I don't think I've met those people before and to each their own, but you know, I want to be a multifaceted gay. Mm, definitely. Yeah. It's, I, I feel like I can't even like fully encapsulate even on this podcast, like the way that Hampton is and Smith, but like if anyone listening ever gets the opportunity, if you're ever driving to Boston, like take the 40 minutes extra, come north, just do a loop. Cause like it, the, just like the sheer amount of like queer people in the area, it's, it's absolutely insanity. And it's like wonderful insanity. Like I feel like I walk by somebody who looks in a way that I never thought you could look every day. And I'm like, this is just how it is. And that's really cool. You get to just be who you are and no one's going to hate crime you out here. Unless you go across the river. Right. Wasn't there like a New York times article in the eighties that was like Northampton where you want to escape all the men. I don't know. I have to find it, but um, you you can be. Oh, lesbianville. Yeah. Yeah. Lesbianville. How many Subarus are there? Like, are there like, there's a dealership down the road. I got mine there. Don't come for me now that I have two Subarus, Lizzie. Why did you bring that up? Oh, you just brought up that you now have two Subarus. I forgot. This is the gay podcast. This is the gay podcast. Mm-hmm. Subaru, sponsor us. Thank you. Lizzie, do you have a Subaru? Yeah, I have a cross track. Yes. Oh, okay. We so all I have, have, well, we all have yeah, Subarus. We all have Subarus. I'm also a two Subaru household. Oh, as well. does Alex have a Subaru? Ooh. 
Alex was like, yeah, my ex-girlfriend also drove a Subaru. I also think my other ex-girlfriend now drives a Subaru, but is dating a man. So still gay, still gay, still gay. Yeah. See, this is some stereotypes are true. Non-practicing bisexuals also drive Subaru. Also. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, But (laughs) back to your existence and your story, Grace, um, you said, you know, going uh, from Northampton, even over to Boston was interestingly an inter- like culture shift. I don't know. Do you still find that to be kind of true? Like, I feel like Boston's a pretty queer friendly city. Yeah, but like nothing is as gay as Smith. Like, nothing. It's like, oh, like, I'm super gay and I'm married and I have a child and I have two Subarus, but like, man, like... And and that's and I think some ways it's nice too. And may and maybe if I went back now it'd be different. But it's it's kind of fun to be like, oh, I'm a person. Like, and maybe that's just because I've grown up more. But again, like the gay piece is kind of core to who I am. But it's not like I I live my life every day. And besides, like Lizzie making bad jokes or like me making bad jokes with Lizzie, like there's no like reminder of like oh my God, like, I'm just a normal person who happens to be gay. Whereas I feel like when I was in Northampton, it was like, that was the core to everyone all the time. And like, to some people, and I think like, too, if you were coming out or you're like, there are people where like, that's a really important piece and part of their life and like that process and coming to terms with that and however you want to do it. But to me, I think one of the best things or one of the like, and this sounds really bad, but maybe not, um, is to just be like, okay, I'm just like, I am, yeah, I'm gay, but I'm also just a totally normal person. And Mm -hmm. I think that's been nice, like, as I've gotten older, and as I've gotten more comfortable in myself, and also as I've just cared slightly less about what people have thought, to be, I'm like, this is just who I am, take it or leave it. But to have that, like, it's almost, and it's always going to be a factor, and it's always going to be there. But I think having a point in society or having a space where you're like, this is a big part of me, but it's known it's not, it's no longer kind of this like identifying thing. And I think too, like if you look across coaching and you look at head coaches and you look across coaches in all sports, like it's kind of sad how many coaches are not out. And I'm like, you're definitely gay and they're just not out. And it's like, how could you live in a world or in a space where like you look at women's basketball, you look at softball, you look at, I can't, I can't speak to rowing. Um, The coaches that I do know in rowing are out and I've seen some men's coaches come out, which has been awesome. Um, But again, that's like kind of new and like if you read my bio online, it doesn't say that I'm married and I have a kid with my wife, but if I was straight, it would. Um, so I don't know. It's like, it's nice that it's not a big thing, but also it would be nice too if you just, if more people were just like, this is who I am. And it wasn't, it wasn't a negative. Like it just, it should just be neutral. Um, that's because like, yeah, it's part of me, but it's not my identifying quality like I don't want to be hired because I'm gay I don't want to be fired because I'm gay like that's a part of me but it doesn't you know that's not my core of who I am it's part of me but not 
everything. And I think I, I, I just feel like that's how it should be. Mm, definitely. Yeah. I think you touched on a lot of really good points. Like I, I think it's very young to be like uh, young in this, in the sense of like, you're coming out first couple of years to be like, Oh, I am. It's me. I'm a gay. And like, here are all the things I must be because I'm not straight. I have to chop the hair. I have to present this way. And, and then as you, <laughs> Lizzie, and as you um, advance forward, you start to be, realize that you can kind of make it your own and hopefully find people that can just embrace you as you are. Um, I've had many a friend who kind of fall into a crowd of people that keep reinforcing that stereotype and be like, oh, you can't do that. That's not gay enough. Yeah. And it's like, that is just policing further. Like, why are we going to keep doing that? But I think when you talk about this neutral space as your identity is just as part of who you are, not at all of who you are. It makes it in a way more digestible and not saying that we should be more digestible, right? Like it's not, a, it's not our jobs out here to like make it palpable for people to be like, Oh, you're gay. Great. But like, I think that's why it serves really well as a head coach, especially when you're doing the recruiting, when you are leading a team forward and it's like, this is who I am. And it's, I'm not shoving it down your throat because like, you don't need to. Yeah. And like, kids can see that and say like, Oh my God, look, I can succeed and I can be who I am and I can have the life I, I dream of. Maybe, maybe a life that they've never seen before. And it can just be normal and it doesn't have to be such a change. Um, and I, I think like we, we don't have that big of an age gap between the three of us. And I think like the people between our age group, are doing an incredible job of finding that space. And the people younger than us are doing an incredible job being that. I think people step older, maybe both the way they grew up, they didn't have the opportunity to do this. And hopefully they're finding ways, right? To be a little bit more out. But I've had people say to me like, oh, there aren't that many gay coaches. And I'm like, uh, come to New England. Yeah. <laughs> Please, if you think that. But yeah, I all of that. I. I do think the age it's like, cause I know some, I know some older like women and I'm like, you kind of missed the boat here. Um, and it's interesting to see like, okay, if I was 10 years older or 20 years older, what would that have been? Um, so I do feel very lucky that I kind of got to come out in a space where it was normal. Like, I guess I came out in 20, 2007 um and like that then was super stressful but now again it's like it's at least where I've been and I think anywhere that I would be in the future like am I gonna go live in Alabama no <laughs> like and and I think that's will that change I hope so but like if was I if you're in like a major city is that different I don't know because I haven't spent time there um but like even we were in Clemson like would that be a difference maker there I don't know maybe possibly um or even if you were in like western mass or where you went upstate New York like there are all these pieces where I acknowledge I certainly live in a bubble and I certainly choose to kind of I'm, I'm like I, I'm not going to move to Mississippi it's not going to happen um, and I'm privileged and lucky to be able to say that so I can really only speak from my experiences but at least in kind of the and like I grew up in Michigan um, and I was in, in Ann Arbor, again, like a super cultured, like progressive city. Uh, but then the rest of the state, like 
even like we'll go back there and we'll drive from Michigan and we'll go over to Saugatuck, which is even gayer. It's like a Smith, but like gay men for, and my dad who's straight was like, I'll buy a house there, another house. And I'm like, okay, dad. Um, he says he gets hit on a lot at the dunes, the men's club, but he's fine with that. Um, but like in between it's, it's very different. And so it's been interesting to like, and I remember going with my dad to go get, pick up like car parts on Craigslist. So you can only imagine where we were going. Uh, and there were some things that were said. I was like, Ma, I was like, dad, what does that mean? And he would tell me, and I was like, oh, okay. Like we don't say that word. Um, so it was interesting to kind of live again. Like I'm in Michigan, it's Michigan. Um, but to be in a part of it, that was like super progressive, but then to like come in and out of all these things or, you know, did we go to the monster truck rally? Yes. Did we go to the school bus demolition derby? Yes. Was that a certainly different crowd than Ann Arbor public high school? Yes. So it's interesting to kind of like see, and I am lucky to have felt comfortable in all of those situations, but I also acknowledge like no one's gonna, I mean, maybe, I don't know, depending how much Carhartt I'm wearing on a certain day, like no one's gonna be like, oh, that she's gay. Um, like I got married in a dress. Uh, my wife, like at work, no one thinks she's gay until she, they're like, oh, how's your husband? She's like my wife. So it's still very much like interesting unless, because unless you tell someone, and again, like I'm lucky to, I don't know if lucky is the right word, but I can, no one's going to assume which could go positively or negatively, but it's interesting to kind of have that, to be in that space where people could assume I had a husband before they, I'd have a wife. And certainly for my wife, who's hotter than me, that'd probably be much more true. We love a supportive wife. Slay. I got Grace Hollowell into Mario Kart while we were on spring break and wow. I've never seen someone take to a video game so fast and kick everyone's ass and um this recovering sore loser relapsed 100%. I did not. Yes, she did. No, she did. I did not. Um we also no. played I was good at playing Monopoly Deal. Yes, the kids Monopoly they had deal. issues. <laughs> they were like I helped, I helped people cheat. So they went loose. I saw that. I was sitting there. I know. I was and I was like trying to my help. little Oreos. And I was like, why are you passing cards <laughs> under the table, girl? What are you doing? Because, because between them, they were going to murder each other. I was like, I must keep peace in this house. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then we would go back and play Mario Kart for like, I think we played it for what? Like four hours one afternoon. It was awesome. Well, you know, Lizzie, because Grace is here, we also have unfettered access of knowing more about who you are as a coach. What's it like, What's it like to work with Lizzie? Lizzie's great. Lizzie's fun. Lizzie needs to be meaner, but we're working on it. She needs to be more of a disciplinarian. She's kind of a pushover, which no one's surprised by. Um, but she's, she's eager. An emotional bottom, as we've once said. Um, eager, hardworking, team, very team oriented, uh, helpful. She's she's great. I'm glad I hired her. Lizzie, I don't know if you knew this was your review. Um, we will be further discussing your job right now. <laughs> Gray, you live. You do live the life that I wish I could mm. have, which is great. Coach rowing, great wife who has the baby. <laughs> 
Perfect. I did crush. Um, I think in terms of like, you know, Lizzie and I are very young professionals in the space. And from your story, it sounds like you really haven't encountered too much hate really, or homophobia in your, you know, travels and all of the jobs that you have worked, but in terms of navigating the job hunting experience, this is a specific question as I will be job hunting soon, but at any point, did you feel like you couldn't or had to reveal anything about yourself or like, how did you discover that places were? Cause you don't always know, right. If, if a department is going to be a quote unquote safe yeah. space where you can be yourself, but even for athletes, for people trying to find jobs, like how do you even know if a place is going to be a place? Where yeah. You and I mean, like, again, <laughs> I went with the uh, and I think it's slightly different too. Like if you're an assistant trying to get a head coaching job. Um, and I also think now if I was getting a head coaching job too, I'd be like, obviously my family and like, I kind of volunteer that and maybe I'm privileged enough that I can do that. Um, and I'm like, well, if you don't hire me because I'm because of this, then I don't want to be here anyway. Um, so, but yeah, it's like, I also think it's easier if you have a partner, if you have someone with you, that's an easy way to be like, oh, well, my, you know, girlfriend lives here or my partner lives here. Or like, I think that's how I've typically done it. But like, and it's also who's your direct manager? Like is if you're going to interview with a head coach, like, and that's, you can't, people can't ask you that, but I personally volunteer because I'm like, let's see what happens. Are you going to be like, oh, are you going to be cool? Um and I think at BC too, like I remember I was interviewing with someone and they had like a cross hanging in their office. And I was like, okay, well, we'll see. But I also like, I also think it's kind of silly to tie Christianity with homophobia, especially now. And you're like, okay, well, the Pope said this, uh, like I got baptized when my son got baptized because it's important to my wife and her faith. Uh, so I think like if you have the opportunity and you feel comfortable doing so, just be yourself. Cause I think also at least like also now as a manager hiring people, I want to know who you are and I don't want to be surprised on the other end. So unless you've got something to hide, then I guess hide it. But my advice would be, you know, be true to who you are and that's going to help you find the best fit. Um, and don't, be afraid of failure. I think it's the same thing that we tell our athletes, you know, you're going to fail. That's just part of life, but you need to get, you need to be okay with it and you need to have it not be soul crushing or ending. Um, so, you know, I think be yourself. And if it's not the right place, it's not the right place. Uh, so. I think that's awesome advice and it applies so, so easily to anyone who's in the recruiting process or like a young athlete as well. You know, you have those opportunities when you're usually almost always on recruiting trips, you get the opportunity to talk to the team without the coaches around. And I always think that's a good opportunity to say like, Hey guys, you know, like what's it like to be yourself here? (laughs) And, and I think too, like our team has done a great job of that. And I also think like any of them, if they get asked about me or Lizzie, you know, that's going to be part of it. Or they're going to be like, oh, Grace has a kid with her wife. You know, it's not, again, it's not like a big thing, but it's something where it's like, 
God, what's the old anthropological term, the sibboleth, where it's like the key to, you know, only some people know the key. So, you know, is it a safe space or not? Do you pass the test? Do you know the, you know, do you, how do you pronounce that word? Um, So I think, yeah, it's like, and I think again from, and this is just me as a coach and as a person, I'm going to be honest and I'm going to be forthright about who we are as a program, what kind of people we're bringing in, who I am. And I also think in whether it's recruiting or job hunting or any of that, like if you're not getting straight answers, then that's a red flag. Definitely. Awesome. Well, if Lizzie, if you don't have any other questions, I think we could totally shift to our um, repeat questions. What TV character was your gay awakening? I think we've talked about this very briefly. Yeah, I think I tried to, th- it wasn't TV, but like Natalie mm, Portman. Yeah. Oh, Kira Knightley yeah. is who we said. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was yeah. Kira Knightley also, yeah. But I think I was gay already. Okay, that's fair. But like that would made me gayer for sure. It made, all, it made all of us gayer, undoubtedly. Parts of the Caribbean. But that was like, like those people and I was like, really, you're not even a little gay? And they were like, no, sad. Woof. Yeah, that should be an easy gaydar question is like, what was your reaction to Karen Knightley and Paris Caribbean? But the, the thing with, with the thing with the bisexuals though is that you were both into Orlando Bloom and well he was Karen hot Knightley. too. He yeah, like absolutely. I, I can agree with that. Yeah. Even though Which, men are gross. Yeah. But some are not. Fair enough. <laughs> not all men. Well, okay, so on to our second. What's your favorite boat to row and why? Um, I like the eight. I like the quad. I like the single. The quad and the eight are both fast. The quad's fun. Also, I rode a quad with like all world champions or Olympians who were like 25 years older than me. That was very fun. And they were like, you're in this two seat, but don't say anything. I was like, I'm not going to say anything. (laughs) I was like, I was like, I know I'm supposed to call, but I'm not. I'm gonna do whatever you tell me to do, and that will be it. It's so funny watching your idols be humbled by other people. (laughs) Um, our third question is if you weren't rowing, what sport would you want to be really good at? Mm, That's a good question. I feel like it would be fun to be good at squash. I like skiing if I was good at skiing that would be good my wife was a ski racer at Smith as well um oh yeah I forgot she rode that. and skied so she's way better than me and if I was good at that that'd be good but I'm not <laughs> I'm like blue green <laughs> good black pass good Catherine and I will go skiing next year we'll take the we'll take the double blacks and you and Elliot will you should yeah you should yeah no I will she went Absolutely. skiing last weekend you should be a good, you could be a good ski buddy for her amazing um all right on to our i guess not last because lizzie's gonna throw you a surprise one but our last repeat what race course has disrespected you the most and you can answer as a coach or an athlete or both um i have two in mind but i don't want to speak them into existence i know Um, definitely know one of them yeah (laughs) trying to think indianapolis was always bad um oak ridge has traumatized me 
Mm, I'll, I'll leave it at those two, but there have been many. Oh. <laughs> Once in Oak Ridge, there was so much current that the buoy lines got pulled out. And then someone, for some reason, was walking around without shoes on and stepped on a nail. And then someone else got their trail, their foot run over by the trailer. It was fun. And there was so much mud. And then also we didn't have any food. Like we had to, like we had hotels, but we didn't have like, it was awful. There was no kitchen. There was no like dining hall. I think I ate like Subway and Walmart for the whole week. It was awful. That sounds Welcome to hell. Welcome to hell. <laughs> That's not slay. Welcome, Welcome to, to hell. hell. <laughs> My final question of the evening. I was marinating on a few, but what is your hot girl wrap of the month? Mm, let me look. <laughs> Grace and I both love. I don't know hot what I'm going to tell you. Oh, I listened. I listened to Feist yesterday for Ultimate Sad Girl. Um. Uh, birthday. What about Birthday Cake by Rihanna? Okay, that's a good one. Um, that's a good one. That was on. I mean, we've been very into uh, Ice Spice. Lemon. Lemon. Oh. The one that I sent you. Yeah, but that I'd been listening to that before you sent it to me. Damn. Okay, great minds think alike. And then Beyonce, obviously. Obviously, yeah. New album. Some Nicki Minaj. I mean, too many. Oh my god, you too. I feel like I could just sit and watch you two banter at each other for an age. Mainly because I just like live to see people <laughs> try to shit on Lizzie and have her fight back. Listen, we can bring Megan here. She's cooking dinner right now. Lizzie, you're so. like good at it though. Like you're good at standing. You're getting better at standing up for yourself. We've been training. Absolutely. I, yeah, Grace has been training me. I love it. Grace, thank you so much for joining us. I can't wait to bother you at 6.15 tomorrow morning. Grace, do you want anybody to follow you on Instagram? Can they find you on Instagram? Mm. Okay, don't find Grace <laughs> on Instagram. Do not do it. Follow, follow BC Rowing. But follow BC Rowing. Our kids do a fabulous job of running the social media. They have done some really cool stuff. So check us out there. Um, you can check. Follow out. Lizzie. Follow, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I'm a little chaotic. Um, follow us. Mine, at- mine, is, mine is babies and rowing. Boats and other nonsense. And food. Yeah. And maybe some landscapes. Yeah. Water. Artsy. water artsy artsy fartsy anyway we will catch you here next time on the garagos podcast like follow subscribe do all of your fun stuff for our one listener thank you so much have a great night bye